everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, and founder of Wengard Ministries. Thank you for being here. Uh, my prayer and my hope for you is that I can deliver hope to your heart, because that's what the Lord told me to do. He said, deliver hope to every heart. And so that is really the mission that he's given to me. And uh, I have been preparing and preaching these messages live. Uh, and so this is a new, a new entrance of ministry for me where I can uh, sit in front of a camera and preach these messages. And so I ask for your grace uh, in that as I, uh, as I get comfortable getting the, uh, the message out because the, the revelation uh, that the Lord gave me is, is deep in my heart. Uh, and I really, my prayer is that it, that it gets through and that you're able to understand uh, what he has shown me and uh, that we can learn together. So earlier this summer, I actually talked about something that is a common theme for walking in the revelation of the Lord. Uh, and we need to hear and obey the words that we receive from our Father in heaven. He's good. And every word that he has for us is guaranteed to be good for us. We can trust him. But activating the principles in the kingdom of God requires us to hear God's voice in order for them to be activated. But if we don't obey, then God's word becomes powerless in our life. The choice is up to us. It, I'd like to start in the beginning um, and really the, the very first call for obedience was from the one who created us all. And it's in Genesis 2, uh, starting in verse 15. It says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now, I want you to notice here that God's measuring standard from the very beginning was whether or not something was good, very good, or not good. It all is relative to what he described as good. Even while he was creating the earth and all of its plants and animals, God called things good. When he had finished creating Adam as the first man, God called him very good. So I want to remind you here that God had a plan for each one of us from the very beginning. He knew you clearly and deeply, and he declared that you are very good. David describes this plan of God in Psalm 139, verse 16. He says, Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Now, I just want to make a quick comment here that God does not plan sin or the effects of sin into any of our lives. What I'm saying here is that God doesn't give us sickness, disease, and poverty. Because those are all effects of sin. I promise you, they were not in the garden. God did not plan them in. But he does give us the freedom to choose those if we want. So David says that all of our days were written for us. But he doesn't say that we live all of them out according to how they're written. We have the continual choices in front of us, whether or not we will obey. So let's go back to Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. Uh, starting in verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, 
you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. So what was it that caused Adam and Eve to sin? I promise you, God did not write that into their scroll. He did not tell them that they should. He very clearly told them they should not. But I'd say the reason that they sinned is that they questioned the goodness of God. He had given them clear instructions, which would result in good things for them. So many times we find ourselves at the crossroads of whether we will obey the instructions of God or ignore them and do our own thing. Notice in the verses we just read that, that the serpent very clearly calls God a liar. My interpretation of what he said to Eve is this. God has lied to you. The only thing he said, the thing he said will happen is not going to happen. And furthermore, God is keeping something from you that is very, very good. The idea behind it was not only is God keeping something from you, but even worse, he's keeping the best part for himself. This lie was very cunning in that it invited Adam and Eve to become offended. Offended toward the very one who had given them everything they had. Because offense is a very poisonous thing. Had God ever given them a reason not to trust him? How was it so easy for them to go against his word? How could they believe a lie so quickly? In verse 5, the serpent says, You will be like God. But doesn't Genesis 1, 26 and 27 say that God had already made them like God? <clears throat> in fact, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. These verses are very clear. God had already made them like him. He had already given them everything that he had made, including the entire earth. You see, offense is a lie that questions your very identity. When someone does something that you're offended by, I can promise you, the root of it somewhere questions your identity. The Lord told me this a while ago. He said, offense can never be given. It can only be taken. I want to say that again. Offense can never be given. It can only be taken. That's even the way that we describe it when we're speaking about it. We say they took offense at that. I learned this a long time ago that if I'm not concerned about what people think of me, I'm then free to follow God and obey his every instruction. So now, back to the issue of questioning God's goodness. Isn't that the true test of faith? Are you willing to believe? Am I willing to believe? Are you willing to trust God even when it looks like he's leading you into something that you can't just automatically see the outcome? Hasn't he already done enough to prove that he's always good? 
Why did he then push them out of the garden and set angels to guard the entrance to keep them from going back in? I want to look at that in Genesis 3, starting in verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he had been taken. So he drove out the man and placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the Tree of Life. Have you ever wondered why God had to do that? The Lord has shown that it was because of his great mercy that he didn't allow Adam and Eve to stay in the garden. He's saying in verse 22 that now that they have eaten of the knowledge of good and evil and disobeyed his word, it would be horrible if they would live forever in their sin. Can you imagine living forever with the effects of sin? Their body would decay, but wouldn't be able to die. They would have sickness and cancers and, and all sorts of things happening in their body. Their life would be, would be a wreck, and yet they wouldn't be able to die. See, the effects of sin take over if there's no restoration, if there's no freedom and healing from it. So this is when God designed a better way. Do you remember earlier today uh, that I said that God never plans for sin? He never writes sin into our stories? Well, that's completely true for the simple fact that he'd have to go against his own holiness if he would predestine us to sin without our choice. Remember that every time I mention sin, that includes all effects of sin, like sickness, disease, and poverty. God does not predetermine us to be forced to sin, but he has foreknowledge about us. He doesn't make so we have to sin, but he has made a way out of it if we do. If he had rejected Adam and Eve fully, then he would have pushed them out of the garden and never talked to them after that. But we see his mercy is evident all through history as he continually worked to restore mankind. His goal is always to restore us into a right relationship with him and to get each one of us back to the perfect connection that he had with Adam in the garden. It was through Jesus that a perfect man was able to fulfill what Adam was not. Jesus regained all authority back when he went to hell as punishment for Adam's sin. And he went to hell as punishment for my sin and your sin and the sin of the whole world. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So if you have not taken your rightful place as a child of God, then you've chosen to live without the freedoms, without the benefits and authority that were assigned to you from the very beginning. It has been written into your story that you are a child of God, but it is your choice whether you receive it or not. When your days were written before the foundation of the, of the world, God had already made provision for you to take your rightful place. Isn't it amazing how merciful and gracious and abounding in love that our Father in Heaven is? So I feel like I need to remind you again that God is good, no matter where He's leading you, even if you are in the fire. He made the provision so you do not get burned. So what circumstances are you in right now? 
Are they a result of you disobeying his voice or of following his leading? God does not punish us for our sin, but sometimes the sin itself has negative consequences attached to it. Remember, don't hide yourself from God as Adam and Eve did in the garden. See, God poured out all the punishment on Jesus. That way he doesn't have to punish us for our sins. He can always restore. He can always lead us out. It's when we run away from him that he's not able to. So run to your Heavenly Father, and I promise you, he will restore you back to relationship with him. He'll restore you back to walking in freedom from all effects of sin. So let's finish out. I want to go to a couple verses that describe what Jesus did for us in uh, the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now again, I want to remind you, if you have a testimony, if you have uh, a story of what of something that God did in your life, I'd love to hear about it. Contact us at wengerministries.org. Uh, you can use the contact uh, tab and put your story right in the comments section and we'll, we'll get that. And I'd love to, uh, if you're able, if, if you're willing, I'd love to share your story. Uh, there's so many stories of people that, that we've been in contact with and, and that have gotten these teachings and have seen healing in their lives and freedom from the effects of sin. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Don't be discouraged about where you're at. Drawing close to the Father, ask Him, and He will draw you into relationship with Him. Thank you. Be filled with hope. God bless.